had terrific guests early on and they were enormously supportive. They wanted this, they viewed it as family and they helped us build. I can't tell you how many times I get calls, can I come up early and help you? What do you need? What can I do? I'm Phil Hatterman and this is Dog Words presented by Rosie Fund. Today, Janice Costa takes us to Canine Camp Getaway, the ultimate dog-friendly vacation. If you're new to this podcast, in each episode, we explore the world of dog care and companionship. We Save Each Other is the motto of Rosie Fund, which simply means the more we do for dogs, the more they do for us, and they already do a lot. If you love dogs, you'll love Dog Words. We welcome your comments, questions, and suggestions. Go to the podcast page at rosiefund.org to share your thoughts. Please download, follow, rate, and most importantly, share Dog Words. Celebrate five years of Rosie Fund by supporting our campaign to sponsor 50 dogs. You can donate on our website or Facebook page. You can also contribute by making a purchase from the store on our website or buying a t-shirt at bonfire.com. Links are in the description. Your donations help fund the Rosie Life Starter Kits that make sure these senior and harder-to-adopt dogs have some of the items that they'll need in their forever home. Please follow Rosie Fund on social media. Subscribing to the free Rosie Fund YouTube channel gives you access to great videos of Rosie, Peaches, and Shelter Dogs, including some exclusive content like the sweet Casey Pet Project Dog featured in our latest post. Next time on Dog Words, Lisa Fischler tells us how artists are helping homeless animals get adopted with Hearts Speak. The mission of Rosie Fund is to provide humans with the resources and education they need to give senior and harder-to-adopt dogs a better life. We thank you for joining our mission. Today's guest on Dog Words is Janice Costa, founder of Canine Camp Getaway. Welcome to the show, Janice. Thanks so much for having me. You have what I think is a dream job for a lot of people. It's camp, it's dogs, it's fun, but I'm guessing it's also a lot of work. What led you to do this? I have always had dogs. I've always loved dogs. When I bought my first house, I got my first, we would call DWI, dog with issues. I rescued a dog who was a shepherd mix who was fiercely protective, and I'd always had labs before. I was in over my head. I found a great trainer, and what I realized is I had a working dog that was actually a Belgian Malinois mix, and she needed jobs. So we started to do a whole lot of obedience and dog sports, and as we trained, she became a much better dog as she grew into a therapy dog. And I was spending so much time with her and other dog people that I thought, wouldn't it be great if we could travel together? Well, do credit to you for seeing a need and realizing you should ask for help rather than just thinking, I've got a bad dog and either neglecting it or abandoning it. And even people with the best of intentions don't realize they might be neglecting a dog's needs because they don't understand what the dog's needs are. So if you had never figured out this dog needs a job and just thought it's just acting out, it just doesn't know how to behave, it's a bad dog. So again, credit to you for addressing the situation better than some people do. We had a few rough conversations. It was a a tough time because I was way in over my head. I was very fortunate to find a trainer who worked with Malinois, who understood what I was, I mean, literally he said, it sounds like I was describing on the phone. And he said, it sounds like you're from Malinois. And I said, a Malamar? <laughs> <laughs> I would love a Malamar. Thank you for offering, but let's get back to my dog. 
But I was fortunate to have a support network, people who were willing to help. I was in a situation in my life where I was able to dedicate all of my resources to this dog. I realized that if I were to bring her back, she probably would have been euthanized because this was a dog who, without training and work, would have bitten somebody. And she evolved into a therapy dog who visited nursing homes and sick people and Alzheimer's wards. I mean, she just became the most amazing dog. And that's what happens when you figure out what your dog needs and you work to become a team and work together to have that journey. And we became very close because of it. You know, when you work intensely with a dog, you really, that bond gets so strong. Mm -hmm. At that point in my life, I was traveling a fair amount for business. I really did not like the idea of leaving my dog when I went on vacation too. It didn't seem fair. So I was looking for places to take her and most places don't really want a hundred pound shepherd mix. Well, how long ago was this? Well, I got her in 2002. I started coming up with this idea, maybe 2007. You know, I started putting the pieces together. At this point, I'd become fairly active in dog sports. I had a lot of friends who worked in the dog world. I put together a meetup group where we would have these little backyard get-togethers with our dogs and take them hiking and things. And the next step was finding someplace I could take her. And there just wasn't much out there in those days. And I said, what if I could create my dog's dream vacation and do all things that she would love? And all things that I would love doing with her. And I could meet other dog lovers. People could meet each other and do things with their dogs. And I thought it was such a great idea. And then I told my mom and she looked at me and said, what are you, crazy? Who would go to that? <laughs> I was like, well, I would go. Yeah. Said, would anyone else go? I said, I guess we're going to find out. But people did go. And you said this was 2007 when you started thinking about this. It's amazing over the last dozen years or so how much more accessible places have become for dogs. And we've talked about it multiple times on the show, particularly with, and I think I mentioned this on last week's show, author Mark Cushing's book, Pet Nation, when he was on talking about how we've evolved from a culture that has dogs and cats as pets to a culture that has them as family. And like you said, I'm going on vacation. Why would I leave my three-year-old at home? Mm Mm-hmm is the same mindset. Why would I leave my dog at home? I really think pets have become the new children. And I don't say that in a negative way. You go back 40, 50 years ago and families all lived in the same town their whole lives. Mm -hmm. Your siblings were next door. Your parents were down the block. Everyone was close together. And now people scatter and marriages don't always last. And it's a global society. People move all over the country or the world. And our pets keep us connected. They provide that link to Family, I think people who are single, people who are divorced, people who are empty nesters, the, you know, the pet really takes on such an important role mm-hmm. in the family. And we understand them better. We invest more in their care, in their medical care, in their health and well-being, and we want to be with them. We so, rely so much on them for emotional support. We're a pack animal. They're a pack animal. And I think you make a great point that our pack used to be much less mobile. And when you get disconnected from your pack because of your mobility, you become isolated. And to have that one thing that you can hold on to, that dog, that cat, or multiple dogs and cats or iguanas or whatever it is you have, I'm partial to dogs. It's more than just an indulgence. It's a vital need that is being met. I also know many people who would say, 
I don't have someone to go on vacation with. Maybe I'm not dating someone. I'm not married. Maybe my best friend is married and doesn't go on vacation because she's got a little child or only goes with her husband. See these people who had the income and wanted to go places and do things, but they didn't want to go by themselves. Well, when you go with your dog, you're not by yourself. You're with your dog. Those experiences are more meaningful when there's someone to share it with, even if it's a dog. I'm not the only one looking at this sunset. I'm not the only one playing on this beach. I have someone that when I think of this event, it's not just an event, it's an experience because I shared it with this special friend. Yeah, someone you love. And what was really amazing is I had all these people come by themselves with their dogs and they found other people who got them, who loved dogs also. Yes. The connections were amazing. You know, I had people who came for this one week of the year and 12, 13 years later, they're still in touch. They still talk all the time because it's like the camp friendships where you go to camp in the summer, your Uh friends don't see each other all year and then you come back and you're friends again. And these wonderful friendships evolved. Your dog made friends with the other lab by the pool. So then you made friends with the people who own the lab Mm -hmm. and it grew so far beyond what I could have imagined. You know, I was just thinking dogs on vacation, wouldn't that be fun? And we got this amazing community of dog lovers who support each other and stay in touch year round. And they share each other's, you know, if a dog is sick, everybody is sending out positive thoughts and prayers for the dog and recommendations. And if somebody wins a big agility tournament, everybody is excited and cheering them on. And somebody found a rescue dog that was blind. And one of the campers in Canada said, I run a rescue, I can find the dog a home, but I'm in Canada. And everybody put together a rescue train and we all drove this dog up to Canada. Everyone took a shift. It was amazing the level of support that everybody kind of shared with each other. And it built this fabulous community of people who got each other and loved animals and the dogs every year look forward to it. You know, you get in the car, they know, they see the suitcases, they go, whoa. <laughs> yes, they, because it was a meaningful experience for them too. Mm-hmm. Yes. How has the camp evolved? You said this is more than what you imagined as far as connections. Physically, what was the camp when it started? We started, we had 27 people. I called a lot of hotels and most of them hung up on me. This was back in the days where hotels were not dog friendly. Mm-hmm. After being hung up on multiple times, I finally found an older man who owned a hotel and I said what I wanted to do. And he said, well, we're not dog friendly, but I guess if you had a few dogs in the group, that would be okay. How many were you thinking? <laughs> I said, uh, 50? And there was this long talk. <laughs> up on me again. But he said, why don't you come down and we'll talk about it? And he had a young daughter at the time who was, please, please, please let the doggies come down. <laughs> so I think she sort of sold it for us. And every year she grew up at the camp. She ended up being the tester kid for our therapy dog test. She became a junior counselor at camp. I mean, literally she grew up with the camp. But we started with 26 people. And now we run two camps a year, anywhere from 75 to 100 people. We've introduced so many more dog sports. We've raised more than $50,000 for animal charities since our inception. We do a silent auction for charity. Sometimes we do a casino night or 50-50s. We do different benefits for different rescue groups. We now have two veterinarians, a holistic and a traditional. We have every dog sport you can imagine. I mean, it's really grown from Janice calling a bunch of her friends in dog sports going, hey, can you help me out? Wouldn't this be fun? To bringing in kind of these big name sport people and veterinarians and trainers, but also wanting people who could connect with people. Mm -hmm. Because my goal is necessarily to have 
the biggest names, but to have people that understood that you want to have fun with your dog. There are plenty of places where you can go and get competition training. And certainly we offer sports at all levels, but I wanted this to be about having fun with your dog and sharing experiences. And our return rate is 70 plus percent because people enjoy it. It's special. It's making memories and dogs don't live nearly long enough. Well, you think about a summer camp for kids, you send them to have a good time, to socialize, and there's no expectation that they're going to play volleyball and then become a professional volleyball player. (laughs) Exactly. There are sports that they may love and later compete on because they found something they love to do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we have a few who are high-level competition because they've kind of grown and evolved with it. But that's not what it's about. At the end of the day, it's about, are you having a great time with your dog? What are some of the events that you have at each camp? We do agility classes, nose work, fly ball, disc dog, hiking. Our June camp, we have swimming in the lake. And our September camp, we have swimming in a pool that we're able to get because it's the end of the season. We do dog yoga, canine freestyle dance. Our vets give seminars. We do canine CPR. We do therapy dog and canine good citizen training and testing. We have fun stuff like barks and crafts and, you know, musical sit with hula hoops and bone stacking contests. And so we kind of mix the fun stuff, the sports stuff. We do like a low impact hike for older dogs and a higher impact hike for people who have dogs that are younger and have a lot of energy. Lore coursing, which is great because the dogs just run themselves into exhaustion. And I never understood it's a pulley system on the ground with this plastic bag. I never got the appeal, but it's crack cocaine to dogs. So they fall in love with it. At the end of the week, do some of the dogs seem to know it's over? Because the dogs, if there's the tears as you say goodbye in summer camp that I won't see you again till next year. Do the dogs have that? I'm sure the humans do. I always have to warn people because every year I used to get phone calls a couple days after camp. I think my dog is sick. My dog is listless. My dog is around. And I'm like, your dog is depressed. Your dog just spent like, you know, the vacation at Disney with you all the time. You know, your dog got up and said, oh, what are you going to do today? And what they're going to do is lie on the couch while you go to work. So they do kind of get depressed when it's over because it's all fun all the time and it's all about them. And there's a disconnect factor. You know, how many times you're walking your dog, but you're on your cell phone or you're petting your dog, but you're on the computer or you're washing dishes while you're doing something. You're really connected to your dog at something like this. You're out in the country and it's not six other things going on. So they really have your full attention and they love it. So It's hard. I think at the end, they have to kind of adjust to real life again, like we all do after a vacation. I bet there's a lot of humans who also feel the same way a couple days after the camp ends. Oh, they start the countdown. As soon as camp ends, they actually have a posted countdown. You know, 364 days, 10 hours and six minutes. I laugh because I'm going, oh, my God, I can't even get the boxes out of my living room yet. But they count down all year. I will see pictures of people packing stuff a month before camp. And posting it and getting excited and, you know, looking at the schedule. What are we going to do this year? And should we do this or that? And what's the movie for movie night? What can I bring for yappy hour? There's so much excitement because it is like camp. It is like, you know, those kind of simple pleasures when you're a kid of just being around friends with no responsibilities and just having fun. And to be with people who love animals the way you do is kind of magic. You have two camps scheduled for this year. When did it expand to being more than one a year? We expanded in 2013. 
2012 was a good year for us and there seemed to be more demand. And I said, I'm going to go out on a limb and see if we could do this twice a year. At this point, I was working a full-time job. So I was limited in my vacation time. And many of my staff are, you know, I have veterinarians and trainers who have their own practices. So I would love to do this six weeks a year, but I simply couldn't pull staff that long. But I felt there was demand for a second event. And our second event went well and people liked it. Our June camp is always a day longer. It's five days. We do a four-day one in September. It's a little less expensive if somebody is looking to do something or they're not quite sure about, or maybe they have an older dog and they're not sure if they want to go for four or five days. Um, you know, sometimes a shorter time period works better. We have a lot of people who go the first year to the shorter September camp and then go, oh, this ended far too soon. I need to go to the longer one. What's Alice. the location for the June camp, which, well, what are the dates and the location for the June camp? And just to let our listeners know, as you would expect, there's going to be a link in the description with their website that has all this information, but let's get it from Janice. When and where for June? Our June camp is June 20th through 24th. It is in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. It's a great little town with a lot to do. The hotel is beautiful. There's a lake that's dog friendly, a lot of property. We have an indoor conference center. So we have kind of air conditioning for the indoor classes. We have outdoor fields for some of the activities. And we are still in discussion with the hotel about bringing dock diving. They have not given me a yes or a no yet. So I'm hoping to be able to bring dock diving for the first time to that. But I won't know that for a couple of days. And then you have a September camp, which again, you indicated is not as long. So it's Maybe a better way for someone to dip their toes in the water and see what this is like. We do our September camp, September 28th through October 1st. It is in East Durham, New York in the Catskills. What a gorgeous oh. time to be in the Catskills. It is stunning. The leaves are just turning. They actually let us have the pool because they shut down after we leave. So they mm -hmm. let us put the dogs in the pool. And last year we did in the pool was actually warming up. The dogs were swimming and having a great time. And very scenic. Is it a little more rustic? It's kind of more of has that upstate New York dirty dancing kind of feel. But the grounds are spectacular and everything is done outdoors. We have covered pavilions and I said swimming, hiking, agility, all the regular sports. We do it both. And are you at the same locations pretty much every year? We had done this in Lake George for a number of years and the hotel was sold a couple of years ago and they started to do construction and with the pandemic, they were not able to get all the permits and finish the construction. So they weren't sure whether or not the construction would be done. And we ended up booking different locations. So I love Lake George, but Gettysburg is kind of a fun new town. We really like the place in East Durham. So I don't know what we'll do next year, whether we'd go back to Lake George or not. It would depend on what they finish, what they do there and what our experiences this year and how people feel about the travel. Having two different locations I think is nice because maybe you're not near one and you are near the other. So it allows us to expand a little. We talked about opening something down South to expand to people who might not have that experience. We have listeners certainly all over the United States, as well as around the world. I don't know how many international guests you might get, but I think that sounds like a fun road trip to visit the Catskills or visit Gettysburg. And if you're wondering, well, what would I do with my dog? Built into the trip is camp for your dog. Have you encountered anyone else who's doing this? Yes. There's a wonderful camp in Lake Tahoe that a friend of mine has worked at before. There is one in the middle of the country in Wisconsin. And 
there was one in Vermont, but they lost their hotel, so they canceled this year. I think they might be doing something in Southern Virginia in October. But I you know with the pandemic, things have changed. People, a lot of small businesses and hotels closed down. So not everybody decided to do it this year. We did a very small event last year in the pandemic, and we kind of agonized over it because obviously New York was hit first and badly. By summertime, things were getting a lot better. But there were still limitations on get-togethers. And I talked to my guests, and so many of them were like, oh, please give us something that, you know, we need <laughs> normalcy. And that's when I found the place in East Durham where everything was outdoors. And I said, okay, we're going to do absolutely everything outdoors. We're going to keep it to a real small group and just have some feeling of life being back to normal. And people were so grateful to have it. We did a real small camp. I don't think anybody did anything last year except us, but I know people who really needed it. I had guests who were going through a lot of struggles caused by the pandemic, whether it was loss of family or friends, whether it was loss of jobs, whether it was depression, marriages breaking up, and they just wanted to be someplace where there was some feeling of normal. They said, you know, we don't care if we're in a mask. We don't care if we're outdoors all the time. We just want to be out with our dogs feeling like people again. And it was a really, really special time. And the connections, you know, everyone was very careful. And, you know, we had sanitizer everywhere and alcohol sprayed on all the equipment. And we were real careful, but it was, it was much needed. And I'm really, really glad that we were able to do it. So this year, thankfully, things are a whole lot better here. And it seems like everyone's lifting restrictions. And obviously, you still want to be careful. But we need that human connection and that canine connection. I would say by late June, everyone who wants a vaccine will have a vaccine. Yes. And certainly by September, everyone who wants to get out and travel, who's been champing at the bit to do that for the last year and a half, combined with sheltering at home and like you talked about, being with your dog but not being present. I think sheltering at home, people may be connecting with their dogs in a deeper way than they have before, being home for the evening and then going to work the next day or just for the weekend and then going back to work, being home for several months or a year and realizing, I don't want to give up this time with my dog, and I see how much a better person I am when I spend time with my dog. I want to have a vacation with my dog. I think those camps you mentioned in Tahoe and Wisconsin are just going to be part of a much larger group over the coming years that you are at the forefront of what I believe is going to be a growing travel niche, not just being dog friendly, but being dog focused, a camp for dogs and certainly fun for the adults. Have you had anybody asking you for tips in starting their own camp? I have. I actually have a camper who was with us for many years, and she moved to the West Coast. And she has said for the longest time she would love to start something like this. And I said, I'm happy to talk you through what worked for us, what didn't work for us, what we learned along the way. Because there's not enough of these types of businesses that there's a model So it really is a bit of, you know, for us in the early days, it was kind of really find your way and figure out what works, what your guests want, figure out how to build a community. So much of it was, I had terrific guests early on and they were enormously supportive. They wanted this, they viewed it as family and they helped us build. I can't tell you how many times I get calls. Can I come up early and help you? What do you need? 
what can I do? They're dog um, people. Dog people are good people. Exactly. And, you know, so many people adopted dogs this year with the pandemic and stuff. So I've had a lot of people saying, let me know about who the new people are. So we'll make sure that we greet them and make them feel welcome. And we can help them if they have any questions, because sometimes it's your first dog. You really don't know. And it's, this is a great place for education. You know, you sit down with at these vet seminars or these one-on-ones with a trainer or a vet and just get information. We were all a first-time dog owner once. so. Well, I encourage our listeners to check out caninecampgetaway.com. Again, it will be linked in the description. If you're looking for a nice trip this June, Gettysburg, this fall, a lovely space in the Catskills, Canine Camp Getaway. Also, I hope Janice is an inspiration to our listeners who are looking for something fun to do with their dog and having trouble finding it. Do it yourself. She couldn't find a space for her dog or what can I do with my dog? How can I take a vacation with my dog? So she built it herself. You don't have to build a camp, but if you do, check in with Janice. She'll give you advice, but just find some other ways that you can spend time with your dogs and grow our pet nation as Mark Cushing described it. Any final thoughts for our listeners, Janice? They claim that dogs live up to two years longer if they have mental and physical stimulation. And I think we forget that a lot when we are working long days and our dogs are sitting home waiting for us. So not only is it fun for you to go out and do things with your dogs, but it is a great way to keep your dog happier and healthier and to live longer, which is what we all want. Who wouldn't want two more years with their dog? And if the price for that two years is investing more time in being with your dog and making it happy, it's a win-win. Who wouldn't pay that price? I just believe that it's great to give your dog experiences. And while I love camp, but I think that's a great experience. If camp isn't your thing or, you know, you don't live near one, go out, take your dog to an agility class, take your dog to a nose work class. Older dogs too. When my oldest dog became too old to really take long walks. I used to go on walks by myself and gather things I found, you know, a stick, a leaf, and then I put them out for her so she could have the smell experience of having a walk. Give your dog experiences. That is so valuable to them and it will strengthen your bond with them and help them to be happier and healthier. One way you could do that is to check out the canine stars and that's how we found you. They mentioned Janice to us, Carrie and Ethan, And their team have wonderful classes on their website for you to learn how to teach your dog agility drills, dock diving, all kinds of things that you can do with your dog without ever having to go into competition, but just dog enrichment. Absolutely. And I was lucky enough to meet them many years ago when I was starting out in dock diving and perform with them last year for six weeks on their run. And now we're really looking forward to their big debut on America's Got Talent on June 8th. Yes, I will put a link to that again in, as I have been the last couple of weeks in the description, reminding people, watch and vote. America's Got Talent. We love the canine stars. Absolutely. Janice, thank you for sharing time with us. And thank you for creating these wonderful camps for dogs and their humans. I hope our listeners follow your example. Thank you so much for having me on today. I'm Phil Hatterman, and you've been listening to Dog Words, presented by Rosie Fund. Thank you to Janice Costa from Canine Camp Getaway. 
The description has a link to caninecampgetaway.com with all the details on this year's rates, accommodations, and activities. There are also links to previous Dogwords episodes that were mentioned in this podcast. Remember to watch the Canine Stars on America's Got Talent, June 8th on NBC. Download the America's Got Talent app now so you're ready to vote. Download in the App Store or Google Play. Next time on Dogwords, artists help homeless animals get adopted with Hearts Speak. Thank you to alternative string duo The Wires featuring cellist Sasha Groshong and violinist Laurel Morgan Parks for playing the wonderful music you've heard on today's and previous episodes of Dogwords. Supporting The Wires supports our mission. Learn more about The Wires at thewires.info and download their music on iTunes. Check out fiddlelife.com and learn to play fiddle and cello fiddle online from Laurel and Sasha, even if you've never played before. Celebrate five years of Rosie Fund by supporting our campaign to sponsor 50 dogs. Donate on our website or Facebook page. Contribute by making a purchase from the website store or buying a t-shirt at bonfire.com. Links are in the description. Your donations help fund the Rosie Life Starter Kits. As always, please download, follow, rate, and share DogWords. This helps us with sponsorships, then Rosie Fund can help more dogs. Support Rosie Fund by following us on social media, and please subscribe to the free Rosie Fund YouTube channel. Send us your comments, questions, and suggestions at rosiefund.org, and let us know if you would like to be a sponsor or a guest on the DogWords podcast. Thank you for listening, and remember, we save each other. Mm-hmm.